Hello and welcome to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. And before we dive into who our guest is today for the introduction, Joe is going to remind us of our show's purpose. Yeah, our show's purpose is to connect Rotarians and non-Rotarians to service opportunities. And what we believe is to highlight uh, great organizations, people, and different events by having them on the show, interviewing them, having them tell stories that are compelling and uh, really rich about uh, inspiring service and change. Love it. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> we have yet again another special guest on today, and his name is Brian Gower. I hope I did not completely like just brutalize your last name there, Brian. Did I say it right? It was perfect. Okay, Thank wonderful. You. Nailed it! Nailed it's 50-50, it. <laughs> man. It's hilarious. <laughs> you should have seen us before, too. Joe's like, is it... Is it Gower? Is it Gower? I was like, I think it's Gower. I got this. I, I've heard it all. I've heard brain getting the A and the I mixed up. I've oh, yeah. Gower. So you you did great. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. And it is funny. We do have like always a moment on every yeah. show where we're like, oh, name, we made it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Brian is the senior director for foundations and partnerships through World Vision United States. And we are honored to have you on and excited to um learn a little bit more about partnerships with World Vision and Rotary and how all of that works cuz there's a lot. I mean, it's a um it's like peeling back an onion <laughs> for lack of better words. So, thank you for taking the time to join us today and share a little bit more about what you do and um World Vision as well. Sure, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Of course. So we always like to get to know our guests and have the opportunity for our listeners to uh, learn more about you as well. And so let's start with this. Where are you? Where are you born? Where were you born? <laughs> so I was born in the good old state of Texas, in Texas. Houston, Texas. Okay. Mm -hmm. Deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> so then you're you're now in Washington, though. So can you give us a little quick synopsis of how you got from Texas to Washington? Yeah, I uh, born and raised in Houston, Texas for the first eight to nine years of my life. That's where my parents had met going to Baylor University. And my mom's family is from Texas and dad's family is from Tennessee. And so there's been a... Uh, uh, generations of family members that have been in the oil and gas industry. And my dad was working for a company and got the opportunity to move to the San Francisco Bay Area in California okay. to work for Pacific Gas and Electric. And so he moved the whole family out to California uh, again when I was around nine years old. Busy. <laughs> <laughs> so from Texas to California and was I'm going to guess a few things happened between nine and, uh, yeah, you look, nine at, and you half. look at least 25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you make your way from California to, um, Seattle? So what brought me up to the Seattle, Washington area was the organization that I've been with now for over 16 years. I never thought I'd be with one organization for that long. That's world vision. And World Vision has its U.S. headquarters just south of Seattle in the city of Federal Way. And uh, when I was in uh, California, I had uh, finished my master's. Um, I got an MBA with uh, emphasis on international development. So it's applying business to uh, topics like water and sanitation, hygiene and health and nutrition and economic empowerment, things like that. And uh, I was working for a grant writing company at the time in California and was their uh, director of operations. And an opportunity opened up with World Vision and uh, the interview process began. Uh, I think that was probably the longest interview process I've ever been through in my life. That's probably how I don't want to jump ship now. But <laughs> <laughs> you you made it out unscathed, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Finally got over the fence after three months of uh, oh my gosh, and uh, moved uh, moved up to up to Seattle uh, in two thousand and seven. Okay. And uh, as they say, the rest is history. 
Okay. I want to back up a second because um, some of our listeners know this already, just based off of having previous um, individuals on here as guests through World Vision. But um, are you a are you a Rotarian? Let's. I'm going to help connect the dots for our. Yes, I I am a Rotarian, and so uh, I am uh, with the Rotary Club of Federal Way that happens to be just a mile away from our U.S. headquarters in Federal Way as well. And so I've been a Rotarian for the last about three and a half years. Three and a half years. Okay, so my next question was going to be, was it because of Rotary that you um, made that plunge into, um, employment with world vision. Sounds like the other way. Yeah, definitely the other way around. (laughs) Okay. It was a little bit of the other way around where I was, uh, around a bunch of colleagues in world vision and didn't realize that there was this whole other family of Rotarians that shared a similar DNA and, uh, are also uh, part of the crazy group of wanting to do uh, service projects Mm -hmm. at all costs. And so I'm like, okay, this is, this is the kind and, uh, these are my peeps. These are the, the ones I want to be with. And uh, mm-hmm. so that was part of it. Yeah. Well, and what really compelled you to go into nonprofit work? Oh, goodness. I, I, I always start back uh, when I was actually really young in grade school. I was in the fifth grade and um, typical uh, in that time, you're asked to do a book report. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for a book to read and uh, started going through the bookcase uh, in my parents' family room and grabbed this book that I'd never seen or heard before. And it was called The Compassionate Touch. And it was about a couple who had moved to Calcutta, India, and they were working with orphans that didn't have any uh, parents and lepers that were kind of the outcast and just, you know, helping to care for them and feed for them and love on them. And reading that book at a young age was a, a um, trying to process that and think, well, goodness gracious, how in the heck did I end up being born in the United States where I get so much and I'm reading about these other kids and, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, it was the beginning of of a, a launch into, well, how can I get a career that is just focused on giving back mm. and uh, making a difference in the lives of others? And so here you are. That's, that's you, really you, cool. I think it's interesting. Not only are you um, really realizing that component of it with uh, with just there's so much of the world that doesn't have the things that we have, but also you married it with your education. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. right in, right in line with what you studied pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Not a lot of people um, are lucky enough to say that they graduate and continue to (laughs) utilize that. Yeah. What's interesting is that, you know, you, by law, you got to go to to school. And as soon as I was done with high school, I'm like, I'm out of here. And I did an exchange program of living in India for uh, almost a couple of years. And uh, I didn't have any, you know, bachelors or, or graduates and I'm working uh, with young people and going out to the villages and I was living with a family and I'm like oh my goodness they really take they don't take for granted education I mean you get some of the most high-tech doctors and IT people and I just was like okay this is great that I want to be able to help people out and all but you know I think there's something I can learn from these people and I came back yeah. to the U.S. and finished up my education yeah well, that's funny that, too yeah that's, well thoughtful <laughs> well, and it's it's so it's very inter- thoughtful. It, it, it's so interesting. One of the the real main um, connection pieces between a lot of our our guests are that they've either done an exchange of some kind mm-hmm. where they've lived somewhere else for a period of time, or they've hosted, but they've had their their perspective expanded dramatically of what yeah. the world's about, and it really se- seems to. Um, compel a lot of people to to do more service because you just see the the disparity in mm-hmm. what we have versus <laughs> what the rest of the world has, and it's it's laughable because like the things that the majority of the world worries about, we don't. Period. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I um I I do want to ask like. Of um, the time that you have been a Rotarian, what has been your favorite service project? 
Oh, well, what's so unique or what I, I really count as a privilege is that the combination of my day job at World Vision, because I also, within the strategic partnerships team that I'm on, am the point of contact for working with Rotary on all projects that yeah. um, Rotary asked World Vision to be a collaborating partner on. And so I think that um, the the most exciting service project that I've been part of is the uh, first year programs of scale that Rotary launched about mm -hmm. three to four years ago. And it's been focused in Zambia. And uh, it's all about trying to uh, address malaria and treat malaria and eventually eradicate mm -hmm. malaria in the country uh, in the same kind of way that Rotary has had that same kind of um, passion but has done so much in the area of polio so right. it's yeah that's been a really fun fun service project to be part of this will be a really nice um opportunity for us to segue into our next segment and talk a little bit more about world vision so maybe give a like a brief recap of what world vision is and then the connection point to rotary and we'll talk a little bit more about what your role is how's that sound sound that amazing sounds great Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. <clears throat> Sounds good. All right. As a reminder, you are listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. We'll see you in the next segment. We'll be right back. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build good? Will it better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? When we pay it forward, it will be returned. Join Rotary to serve your community and the world with honesty, fairness, and goodwill. Our four-way test guides our actions every day. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing right now was performed by the Rotary Club of Saskatoon, Natuna in Canada. When we take it forward, it will be returned. Of the things we think, say, or do. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it be a good will and better friendship? Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? Join Rotary to serve your community and the world with honesty, fairness, and goodwill. Our four-way test guides our actions every day. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? These values underpin our commitment to making a positive impact on the world. Learn more about your local Rotary Club and stop searching and start serving. And the song you're hearing now was performed by Rotary Club of Dar es Salaam Oyster Bay. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... Like, comment, share, and then if you're looking for us, go ahead and input Searching for Service <laughs> and you'll find us. And don't forget about our YouTube page. Yeah, we hit all of the marks there. All of them. <laughs> if you are tuning in for the first time, we have Brian Gower on. He's the Senior Director for Foundations and Partnerships with World Vision of United States. And so we got to know Brian a little bit better in the last segment. So um, I encourage you to go back and listen to that because it was really wonderful getting to know him. But in this segment, we are going to dive into... Uh, a brief overview of World Vision, and then really Brian's role that he does with World Vision. So, Brian, would you um, care to share with our listeners, what is World Vision? 
<laughs> it's not the eye eyeglass uh, type of place. Uh, we have the word vision in it, but it's world vision. And we're a global humanitarian organization that is uh, dedicated working with children and families mm -hmm. and their communities worldwide, really having a desire to see especially children reach their full potential and helping to tackle all the causes of poverty and injustice. Um, very similar to Rotary, we focus at the grassroots level doing long-term community de development work. Uh, we are in communities for at least 15 years and have a number of different projects. We um, refer many times to the puzzles of poverty. You can't really address it with just one thing. It can't just be education. You also need to think about the access to clean water. You have to think about mm -hmm. uh, the ability to get jobs. Um, so there's that part of the development work and there's also emergency relief operations, which is another part of World Vision's mm -hmm. work when you have these big hurricanes or earthquakes and, uh, and major devastation. So we are serving about 100 million people right now in nearly 100 countries, including our own backyard here in the United States. And one of the things that I've loved about working with World Vision is that we uh, serve all people regardless of religion or race, ethnicity and gender. Mm -hmm. And I've held a number of different roles in World Vision over my 16 years that allows me to not just talk about this, but I've seen uh, a lot, um, have worked in a number of countries uh, with World Vision. So it's, that's it's, a little bit of a nutshell, yeah. Yeah, no, I love it's it. great. So we had Kim Lorenz on. <laughs> yeah, I believe it was Kim um, on, Lorenz. Yeah, on the show, who's... The liaison from Rotary to World Vision, correct? Right. And then, so yes. um, my guess is you probably know him. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, Kim is a great friend, great Rotarian, and mm -hmm. he is also one that you'll remember perhaps from the podcast that has uh, written an award-winning book. Yep. He's yep. just been an incredible entrepreneur and success, successful in business, and I always love to be able to to learn from people like Kim and yeah. I, I consider him a mentor. Yeah. Well, Kim, if, if you're listening, sorry, I do just want to drop this note real quick. If you're listening, I did download your book. Supporting the cause. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, and one, one thing I do want to touch on from that, from that interview, that was really cool. And I, I'm excited to expand on that are the, the programs of scale. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we talk so much about, you know, local projects and even, international projects that are, you know, we build half a dozen filters for, for a village or a community and we take them there. And, you know, there's some sustainability to that, but hearing these projects of scale where they're four to 400,000, 800,000, yeah. <laughs> 2 million, 5 the million, dollars. huge, huge dollars, huge impact. Mm -hmm. But also huge complexity. I mean, that, that's that's mm -hmm. where probably where the partnership comes in, where you know we can leverage each other's strengths as organizations. Yeah. So maybe talk a little bit more about some of those um, strategic partnerships that you, you know World Vision has, not only with Rotary but with other organizations as well. Absolutely. I I would just say that one of the the things I think are always really key about partnerships and partnerships can be uh, interpreted. It's a, it almost is a buzzword. It's almost like when we say we love something. Well, goodness, gosh, that word love can be <laughs> used in so many different forms. But partnerships uh, for me is beyond the transactional. It's beyond just what can I get from you and you get from me. It's really trying to understand each other, uh, other mm -hmm. organizations, understanding Rotary. Rotary, really feeling like, do you get us? Do you really know us? Uh, which was part <laughs> of my journey to becoming a Rotarian as well, um, and vice versa. And then being able to bring comparable strengths and uniqueness of, uh, to the table. And I would say that one of the things that World Vision has been really good at is doing programs at scale but then recognizing if you're going to do something at, at scale, you're never going to truly tackle and address the core problem with just one organization. You mm -hmm. really need other organizations as well. And so 
that has been what has propelled World Vision over the years to work with a number of partners. Um, one example is that in our water sanitation and hygiene work that you heard some about from Kim, I believe, um, we're reaching over 3 million people mm -hmm. a year uh, that have not received access to clean water. And we look at efficiencies and how to be able to get the types of supplies and the parts that you need. And one of those very um, commonly used parts is we do a lot of um, uh, mechanized systems where the solar power is allowing water to come up from the ground and be able to go through uh, miles and miles of pipeline and you need uh, a submergible pump. And mm. so one example is that we're partnered with the largest pump manufacturer in the world, which is called Grunfos. And Grunfos, as part of their wanting to give back and collaborate, um, have a special arrangement with World Vision where we, we get pumps from them that go into almost all of our uh, wash projects worldwide. Um, cool. But that's just an example. I mean, again, there's other, so many other partnerships that we do. Um, Sesame Street is a fun one <laughs> and, oh. uh, and uh, Rotary and many others. And so, yeah. Well, and it's interesting too, and maybe you know this answer is, did when World Vision was scaling and starting to figure out that they were really good at these projects of scale, my guess is they probably tried to do these on their own initially and then went, hey, you know, why are we, you know, it's like any other business. <laughs> why am I, why am I doing everything myself? Why don't yeah. I leverage the resources around me and other par partners that specialize and do things better than we could ever imagine? Or it would just be so much energy and time and money to, to get to the point where these other groups are. <clears throat> why don't we just try to figure out a partnership instead? Or do you? Yeah, do there, you know no, that... there's been a lot of examples. I mean, uh, I hear it all the time where uh, there had been a, a a project that Rotary would take on and and uh, they, they're into the implementation of actually doing the work in, in a developing country and then come to a stopping point and be like, oh, we didn't realize that you needed this and you needed that. Mm -hmm. or, yeah. what, what, uh, we're not we're not getting the involvement from the government to come and, and help us to fix our fix this or fix that. And. We're like, well, did you establish uh, an, uh, an an agreement or a memorandum of understanding with, with these entities? <laughs> a what? Uh, no, we forgot yeah. <laughs> that. Oh, what? Did, did you use this particular type of uh, part that's not going to rust or decay? Oh, no, no, no. We got the cheaper one over here. Uh, so it just... Uh, <laughs> I, thought one... uh, I think we're all learning. And something yeah. we hate to talk about that part of why you finally come to needing one another and partnerships and thinking beyond ourselves. And I say this too for World Vision is because of failures. And mm -hmm. we never yeah. like to talk about that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's on both sides of the fence. Well, and one of the, one of the other things that came out of the, the interview with Kim that I thought was really interesting is, is and, and we don't think about it, be, is, you know, sometimes these, these clubs will raise a ton of money and all of a sudden, they don't have the bandwidth. And this is where World Vision has been so helpful with Rotary. Is you know, you guys, you guys are just well, well reversed or well rehearsed. Rehearsed. Yeah. You know, you guys just First. are experts in you know doing those types of scaled up projects. <clears throat> Where the, these clubs have no idea, they're like, "Wait a second here." We, 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 well, you don't—they <laughs> don't know what they don't know, right? And so it's—you know—this is where World Vision can enter in and um, kind of take the reins <laughs> and run with it. Yeah, I think that one of one of the things that we found uh, in a number—we've done uh, so many global grants at large scale with Rotary, and one of the things that we've recognized is that you, you can have a lot of great heart, a lot of great ambition, but, but World Vision, like Rotary, does have the boots on the ground. We're there, our staff mm -hmm. are on the ground, but they're, they're paid professionals in their, in their full day job in these areas. Mm -hmm. And so there are, we, we operate like a business. In these countries, we have um, a whole supply chain in the country. You have uh, experts that know how to operate the drill rigs. You have others that know how to work on the education front. And so I think that the business side and the process side um, has been a complement to Rotary's uh, just great passion and desire to connect and influence and mobilize. Uh, so that's just been another 
great example of the comp. Com, uh, com, now I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. my words out. <laughs> complimentary uh, skills. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have nothing. <laughs> You're a host and have nothing. I know. You have a lot. You have a lot to offer. First of all, um, <laughs> um, we just have 30 seconds here. We're probably just going to segue into our next segment. Um, mm-hmm. but, but you know, it's nice to know what we're talking about in terms of what World Vision does, what your role has been, and then so in this next segment, we'll just go into some some of the strategic partnerships. We'll yeah. we'll talk about some stories. And uh, yeah, we're just excited to hear more about the organization. Lots to lots to cover. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk, and I'm Joe Kirk. We'll, we'll see you in the next segment. We'll be right back. Show off your Rotary Club spirit with Russell Hampton Company. They're the world's largest provider of licensed Rotary items. They make everything like hats, jackets, shirts, banners, and more. Russell Hampton Company is a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business founded in 1920 by a member of the first-ever Rotary Club in Chicago, Club Number 1. When you call Russell Hampton Company, you get more than just a company. You get a fellow Rotarian-owned business who's there to help. No matter if you're ordering for your entire club or just yourself, no order is too big or too small. Not sure what your club needs? Their team members can help and customize just about anything. They live by the Rotary 4-Way Test. They also give 10% of all purchases back to Rotary to support Rotary's global work. So remember, Russell Hampton Company is your one-stop shop for all things Rotary. Learn more at bestclubsupplies.com. That's bestclubsupplies.com. Russell Hampton Company, Rotarians serving Rotarians. Up your game and show off your Rotary Club spirit. Did you know there's a one-stop shop for all things Rotary apparel? Russell Hampton Company is the world's largest provider of licensed Rotary branded merchandise. From apparel like hats, jackets and shirts to banners, tents and awards, they have it all. And most things are customizable. And they can handle orders of all sizes. Russell Hampton Company also has deep connections to Rotary. In 1920, the company founder was part of Rotary Club Number 1 in downtown Chicago. Russell Hampton Company models their business on the Rotary 4-Way Test and gives back 10% of all purchases to Rotary, supporting its global work. So the next time you and your club are out on a service project, arrive with the right swag from Russell Hampton Company to promote your club and Rotary. Even non-Rotarians will want some of your cool hats, shirts, and jackets. Learn more at bestclubsupplies.com. That's bestclubsupplies.com. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... Like, comment, give us a five-star review. We do love those. And you can uh, find us by searching for Searching for Service. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize, Brian. (laughs) This is is an ongoing thing, and it sounds like you've listened to previous podcasts, (laughs) so you understand, right? (laughs) It's an ongoing thing. I miss Chad. Chad Chad usually falls on that bullet. Yeah. All right, so we have Brian Gower on. He's the Senior Director for Foundations and Partnerships with World Vision um, here in the United States. And so we've we've gotten a rundown of World Vision, what they do, how they accomplish it. And now we want to talk a little bit more in depth about the partnership with Rotary itself and just partnerships in general. So we, we dabbled a little bit with that, but let's go deeper with that, Brian. And I think that you can kind of help facilitate with um, learning a little bit more about that. Yeah, I want to maybe pick up from the last segment because we were yeah. talking about um, one of the things that that World Vision is is known for is just doing really large projects. I mean, when yeah. just in one particular area of the country, we call that an area program and that encompasses 30 to 50,000 people 
Mm. And some of the countries like Zambia, we've got up to 40 of those. And so we're covering large areas doing multi-million dollar uh, projects. And so when we've been uh, in partnership with Rotary uh, now for over 22 years, and we've been doing, uh, for most part, global grants. And World Vision has, has had a vision for a long time that we would like to be able to do larger scale uh, service projects with Rotary. Um, and I mentioned earlier that sometimes people have different perceptions of partnerships. And I can remember earlier on us talking with some of the leaders in Rotary International uh, expressing this desire that, hey, it's great that we're doing global grants, but we'd like to do even something bigger. And some of these folks had almost fallen out of their chair when they said something bigger because they said World Vision is already pushing us to do $800,000 global grants. Is not is that not considered big? <laughs> Most of our global grants are like fifty to 100000 mm-hmm. and uh, I and, and we responded to say, we want to be doing multi-million dollar grants together that are being able to really address the big issues that we're talking about, like polio, mm-hmm. like malaria mm-hmm. and, and water sanitation, hygiene and others. And uh, and so it, it it's taken years of doing these global grants that are definitely large for, for Rotary. And during that period of time, really being able on the world vision side to be able to say hey we're we're going to be with you uh, even on the global grants but we have a bigger a bigger focus a bigger vision a bigger priority but it takes both kind of aligning to that and it was again about three or four years ago um, where the leadership in Rotary said, we want to harness all the great things that Rotary is doing around the world, uh, especially in the area like polio, and start, you know, trying to see what that what would that look like in other areas. And so being able to be part of the first year programs of scale, which was a $6 million opportunity compared to 800000 mm-hmm. Now, Now we're getting to where we want to go. And I think that Sometimes it just takes time of being able to, not say prove yourself, but to be able to really stick with a partner and to be able to uh, build that trust and to really show that genuine desire. No, you you really do understand us. You really do get us. And uh, uh, so to come to that point of then doing a programs of scale at at that kind of scale, that, that was where there was more alignment than ever before in us being able to really do something big. Well, and I suppose it's a lot about flipping the mindset too, because you think about Rotary as a structure and like one of the greatest things about it is it diffuses down to the club level so well. Yeah. And like we get all of these many little things that group together that become enormous. And that's that's been Rotary's bread and butter is, you know, hey, let's do a $2,000 project here, $2,000 project there. You add up, thousands of those and it's enormous impact sometimes and we even run into this like we, we think about this show where we you know our goal or we now reach thousands of people we want to mm-hmm. reach millions of people it's the same scale up right like yeah. and, and sometimes going up the chain is difficult because the systems just aren't in place and having partnerships like world vision for rotary has got to be so helpful where the natural mechanism of Rotary is to disperse down the chain to the clubs, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. like World Vision comes alongside and goes, hey, guys, we could actually do some really, really big stuff and we just <laughs> go this way. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's so cool and that's a really great partnership for Rotary because it doesn't require a structural change in Rotary but versus just a strategic partnership in World Vision to help facilitate all of that change and, and to be thinking about those huge projects. And then what's interesting, I'm sure that you guys are finding is now that you've kind of cracked that that ceiling, I'm sure now now it's going up and up and up. And they're, they're like, well, why, well, let's do 60 million. Come on. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> did we, Joe, did we hear from um, Kim Lorenz like the 
because the partnership has been in place for 22 years, correct? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. How did that partnership come to fruition? Did we hear that story or do you happen to know that story, Brian? And could reiterate? had to happen over a beer. Yeah, <laughs> it always starts there, Joe. Yeah. All right, glass exactly. of wine. I'll be classy. Glass of wine. So the funny, the funny thing is, is that since both organizations are large, it all comes down to relationships and friendships. And I am sure that it was a Rotarian coming across somebody within World Vision, and again yeah. finding that common area of interest but just connecting and bonding mm-hmm. and and yeah. uh it was uh then an opportunity of somebody within a club probably a president or maybe a, a district governor or, or pdg that had basically says we want to invite world vision to be a collaborating partner on doing a uh a, a water sanitation hygiene project that's where it started and okay. if i'm not mistaken kim has told me that first one was in gulu um, Uganda, okay. uh, back in 2002. Uh, and so it, okay. uh, but it all, yeah. And the rest they say is that. history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably more to the story, Joe, in regards to the beer and all of that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it was over a beer. Well, <laughs> Who and, knows? And here's, here's my thing usually with partnerships and things like that is they usually come out of necessity. So I could, I could have, I could see where Rotary got over their skis somewhere. Yeah. And it was like, like it, it was it was like, hey, we need help. And then we were connected to somebody within World Vision that mm-hmm. then helped. And then like, oh, this was yeah. really nice. This worked out <laughs> yeah. real Maybe good. We, we, should con- right. we should continue right. this. <laughs> but well, well, the interesting thing, too, is that Rotary for years and years has been doing global grants. And mm-hmm. there was nothing even thought of of a new program called Programs of Scale. That mm-hmm. was completely yeah. new. And I think when you're you're talking about partnerships and you want to maybe take it to another level. There's sometimes that human side of like, am I going to be losing something? Yep. You know, is somebody going to be taking something away from me? Well, this is the way it's always been done. And I think that one of the really exciting things for myself, but also for world vision is just to see how organizations evolve and they're willing Mm -hmm. to take risk and they're willing to kind of put themselves out. And, but it's through again, the, 22 plus years of building trust like mm-hmm. we stuck with you you've stuck with us it's been messy at times there's been failures at times mm-hmm. but we can be able to uh to do this together so and i just think i go back to the like ro- rotary structure is what's what it's 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 a double-edged sword right and you just can't help but world vision was just such a perfect <clears throat> partnership in terms of scaling up versus yeah. diffusing down. And so it, it just makes total sense. And I remember when we had Kim on, I'm like, I don't even think that way because you're always thinking so local, so hyper local right. with Rotary. And, you know, maybe you go to the district level or, you know, maybe you go to a global grant, but it's it's not that huge, massive impact where we're talking about, hey, let's do a $100 million project and this is how we can do that. Right. <laughs> where, where it seems like you really took like that partnership seems to have taken that lid off and now we're starting to to think about those things. And you said that we're three years into programs of scale. Is that correct? From the time it started, we're now in the, yeah, the, the, we're, we're about halfway through in the third year. Yeah. So the okay. final year of the programs of scale. Yeah. Well, and t- maybe talk to us a little bit about how those are going. Yeah. It's interesting when, when, uh, there was the application process, which was extremely competitive. Even though World Vision had been uh, good friends, we've been partners uh, with Rotary for the 20 something years, the decision to have Rotary, I mean, have World Vision come in as a partner on that started off with some really like high intense interviews of being put into the hot seat. And you have this whole panel of Rotarians firing mm-hmm. off a bunch of questions. And my colleague, uh, but you were, but Eric, you were already prepared. You already went through the, yeah. the <laughs> well, you see, at like the I time, I was in another this. role, but still supporting Rotary, but I was not the point of contact. I had my other contact, Eric, who took the hot seat on that one. And I came mm-hmm. in after the fact and I got a 
rewarded. <laughs> Hire slow, fire fast, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the, the way it's evolved from the time of it being like, okay, you're on one side of the table, I'm on the other side of the table, versus, you know, since that time, we had a, a meeting in Zambia where World Vision and the Bill and Linda Gates Foundation and uh, Rotary, all of our headquarters, uh, the, the key staff from our headquarters, all met in Zambia. And it's something always so interesting that happens when you travel with somebody else. And that is that you're out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You're out of your 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 kind of your own little space. And you're having to share that space with another person. You're eating with them. You're on the yeah. bus with them. You learn of their quirks. Yeah. And uh, so and we're going to we're going to leave. We're going to leave our audience with a little uh, twist. Teaser, yeah. yeah, we're going to we're going to finish that one. story in the next segment. <laughs> You're listening to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. We'll be right back. For decades, eradicating polio worldwide has been Rotary's cornerstone cause. We are incredibly close to ridding the globe of this virus, but we need everyone's help to get us to the goal. World Polio Day is October 24th. Please consider making a new donation to Polio Plus or increasing your already generous giving. Go to endpolio.org to be a part of this historical eradication of polio. You will help get vaccinations to the most remote parts of our world and help fulfill a promise we made to end polio now. Two drops and it stops. Rotary is a place for all community-minded people who want to serve their areas with the support of an international organization. Join Rotary to find service. Join Rotary to find inclusion. Join Rotary to find leadership. Join Rotary to find fun. Join Rotary to find friendship. Join Rotary to find a better version of the world. Find a Rotary Club near you at rotary.org and click on Club Finder. There is a club out there for everyone. Find your fit with Rotary. Rotary Rotary.org. Hello and welcome back to Searching for Service. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joe Kirk. Oh, I should probably mention our show is brought to you by Rotary District 5950 and 5960. It sure is. (laughs) (laughs) But as a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms and... Like, comment, share, five-star reviews. And you can look up Searching for Service to find our shows on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Awesome. Thanks. Brian, you just uh, you just witnessed what it's like being on radio, right there. Like, uh, well, we're we're uh, up like Peace out, hombre. <laughs> and we always it's it's so disappointing. We hate cutting people hate off. It. It's it is absolutely the worst. But here we are. So thanks for we, we created a cliffhanger though, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Every, everybody's been hanging on. Now we should probably get back to the story. Right. So you're talking about traveling and how everyone is getting outside of their comfort zones, right? In many more ways than one. So go ahead and continue. That's right. On. Well, it's it's moving from being behind your 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 desk or your cubicle or at home uh, in your own space, kind of having that separation of distance to you're all coming together. You're in a, a developing country together and it moves from uh, more transactional to more of like trust being built and friendships mm-hmm. and getting to know one another and learning more of the human side of people. I can't tell you how many times I've found in partnerships, but just in everyday occurrences that you ask somebody how they're doing and it's just a very high level. Oh, I'm doing fine. Yeah. But have you ever actually taken the time to listen to somebody's story Mm -hmm. and where they've come from and to better appreciate? And it's a lot of times on those trips or over meals where you could put titles aside, you could put organizations aside and you connect with that person. Mm -hmm. And that's really Mm -hmm. what took place on that first trip to Zambia together as organizations is you get to know people's quirks, what they eat, what they don't like, and mm-hmm. and you just make light of it. Time uh, management habits, I'm sure. That's, that's <laughs> right. So one of one of the things that uh, came out of that first trip, and I'm not going to use any names here, but it was because uh, what we say is what happens in Zambia or you know in a country yeah. stays there. But it was just really funny. We would be having to go long distances from the capital city of Lusaka out to uh, the the actual project sites. So you're sitting on a bus and you're getting what they call an African massage. I mean, you are bumping up and down, <laughs> left and right. I mean, there is no way it's anything of like a smooth Lexus type of kind of ride, you know. Mm-hmm. You are just mm-hmm. moving around and you're, you're again, on a bus. So you're sitting next to, to, to people. And I had this one gal that um, very high level person. 
in, in one of the organizations and she's, we're both sitting together and we're just going on. And there's no way that I could even think about closing my eyes um, and sleep. And she is just out cold. And I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, either, either the jet lag the is really doing something there and it's going to take a while. But then I come to find out, Oh no, she sleeps all the time anyway. I mean, we she's kind of known as being the cat. I mean, it's like, no matter what. It's like, does she have she uh, what's sleep. it called, narcolepsy? <laughs> you would think so, but I mean, I just use that as an example, and then you know, just to wrap myself out, people recognize that I I can pack it when it comes to eating, and so as a group, we'd go to you know to dinner and stuff, and people would still have some left over on their plate and they would you gonna eat start, that uh, <laughs> brian yeah you, you want that and then they've learned oh yeah i won't hesitate <laughs> so yeah, it's awesome. you know it's through that that you 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 build you do build trust and you build understanding and what you see that other people don't get to see that is so special and i think becomes a bit of a catalyst too for being able to go deeper and kind of let go and be able to find what uh, the potential of what a really neat partnership can be you know, and one of the things that I'm always fascinated by, I mean, I'm I'm in sales, you know, like we, we all sell, like everybody sells, yeah. is the thing that typically will get people to connect with you is usually the most obscure thing. It's not, oh my gosh, you've got this perfect process and system and, you know, your track record, it's Oh, you've got a cat? I've got a cat. Oh, <laughs> a, you're like, and you're like, are you serious? So, so to your point is I think the takeaway that I, I took from that is when when you're in uncomfortable situations, you typically listen more because mm-hmm. you're yeah. you're not in that place of superior confidence where you just tell everybody how it is, is that mm-hmm. you're kind of like, is this, is this, yeah. are you good? I'm good. <laughs> like, tell me a little bit. Tell me we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's right. And then yeah. you, you build on what you learn as people become vulnerable yeah. and, and start to share things so that when you then jump onto a business call, you're not jumping right into the business. It's like, oh, how's your brother doing? I remember you telling me, you know, that you were having to help take care of him because of something this or that. And, uh, and so that's the way it is. And I think that that's something that I've learned from working in international development is that our field staff, they are so communal and we are so linear and can, you know, categorize, we got to do business right now, but I can't have a conversation with a lot of the the countries that I work with a hundred countries around the world without first start saying, how is your family doing? Mm -hmm. How are your cows doing? You know, I mean, it's just... You know, you have to kind of really, and it's not just like checking the box. They really are genuinely wanting to know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and just meeting people where they are too. Yeah. Like, I think that's, that's a right. bi- that's a big thing. So fast forward your story. You guys are obviously awarded, or like you, we decide, our Rotary decides to partnership with uh, World Vision. Let me ask, where do you see this partnership going? And, you know, we're still in the early stages of implementing the programs of scale. Like, do you have a personal aspiration that you would love to see from this relationship? Yeah, I think it was the whole idea that you were, uh, Joe, alluding to earlier. Well, you know, if we think we're, we're doing something big, is, is that the ceiling? Or, mm-hmm. or can, can we take a winning partnership in Zambia around uh, the amplifying and and working with Rotarians on what they do really well when it comes to eliminating malaria and World Vision helping on some of the business aspects, you know, with financial management and and having professional staff. Can we take that to to other countries? Can we do this even larger? And again, it's it's that's been part of our aspiration is that we want to tackle some of the world's greatest problems with organizations like Rotary, with the Gates Foundation, with others. Um, And so malaria is just one example. There is, again, you know, uh, the issue of water sanitation, hygiene, the areas of focus for Rotary just so line up well with World Vision. And uh, to, to, to answer your question, I'd be excited to be able to see this uh, program in Zambia expand into many other countries mm-hmm. and, um, and it'd be multi, multi-million. But it, it always is going to push us uh, beyond what we think <laughs> in front of us. Are we mm-hmm. going to be able to do that? Um, so uh, that's, that's where I'm excited to see where this goes. 
Do you have any idea what it would cost to expand that program into, say, like, you know, I don't know, however many more countries or do we have an idea of what that project has been costing? I see a little exam- smirk, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to throw well, numbers out there because I think it's an important thing to do. You got to put it out into the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that that one of the things that Rotary and World Vision and the Gates Foundation have learned in Zambia is that you can't look at all of the resources coming mm-hmm. from 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 abroad from the US how do you empower these governments and the the role that they play in putting skin in the game and looking at all the different actors and all the different funding mechanisms um one of the other big projects that we've done with Rotor and we talk about high numbers is again water sanitation hygiene and Kim talked about how gosh over 70% of the partnerships have been in that space with Rotary mm-hmm. and we just recently um launched a new program that is looking at providing water to every single man, woman, and child in the places that World Vision works. And we've been working with Rotary in Zambia and Honduras. And just in Honduras alone, just in the areas that World Vision works, we're saying it would take $60 million. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For for it's malaria, I think that it, it there's so many components, uh, but uh, yeah, we're talking millions and, and millions of dollars, but it shouldn't dissuade us right. in terms of the kind of impact that we can be able to do together. Well, if anything, it should it should really motivate us because, you know, maybe we're doing some of these six, eight million dollar projects, but to really make the difference that we're, we're setting out to do, I mean, mm-hmm. we've got to... 10x that at least <laughs> to yeah. even make a dent. So it's it's I like that. I like cuz again I like that we keep kind of raising that bar and thinking thinking further into the future and going we can do more. We can continue to do more. Yeah. Yeah. About 1 year into the program in Zambia with Rotary, the the programs of scale, World Vision did a whole write-up uh, that went into an annual report and we highlighted this and we got different testimonials and we, we did get a testimonial from uh, John Huco, the uh, Rotary General Secretary and CEO. And what he wrote was, uh, I think getting to your question, Joe, he says, like our longstanding polio eradication effort, the partnership in Zambia today with Rotary World Vision and the Gates Foundation is not only a blueprint for transformative public health projects, it also offers a long-term vision of the collaboration we need to address hard and systemic problems in a post-COVID world. These problems require great boldness to tackle, but also the humble admission that we can't tackle them alone, and we must identify proven methods to catalyze the sustainable change that we need. What a what a like th- that's like the mic drop. It totally is <laughs> nice little bow on the on this interview. It totally is. I, I think that that just speaks such volumes to the partnership between Rotary and World Vision. And mm-hmm. thank you so much for being on the show today. This has yeah. been really fun, and I wish oh, we had. I, I wish, I wish and, we had and, six uh, more hours to go. We, <laughs> well, thank you guys for making this so much. We fun. need more time. We need more time. Thank you again, Brian. We appreciate you as our guest on today. Um, as a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service. As a reminder, it's time to stop searching and start serving. <laughs>